Are you being recorded right now, Nigel? By who? The government? Good evening, everybody, or good morning. You may be watching this in the morning, right? Like, true. Okay, because some people may drink. <laughs> Who cares? Um, but this is your After Five podcast, You Go Boy podcast, featuring your co-host Mario Javon Shaw. And who are you? I am Nigel C. Mask. The C is for what is the C for again? Well, <laughs> the C is for Cortez. You know, and we, allegedly is Spanish. Now we know that it's Spanish, but I'm not, you know, of the culture. So I don't know where my parents got it from. Bless their hearts. They were feeling <laughs> mighty creative after that epidural. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean the crazy part, so we rehearsed this a little bit yesterday, you guys. And so I was learning. <laughs> but like I, I learned about, you know, that his middle name was Cortez. And I learned that your mom uh, you know, that she had a C section with you. Uh-huh. And your sister, which is crazy. But where did she get Cortez from? The true, the real story is where did they get Nigel from? Because, truth be told, if we ever played a game of what was almost your name, you would never believe that my name was almost Dorsey. <laughs> <laughs> Dorsey, Ooh, I hated imagine it. your name would have just no, been Cortez. You know, no disrespect to those who you know names are Dorsey, but as for me. And the way that I'm set up, I <laughs> would have been best for me. Hell no. And my dad was like, well, you know, I was a bodybuilder and there was this really good dude back in the day. And I would just thought Dorsey would be good. I was mm-hmm. like, so you based that all off of somebody being a bodybuilder. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. And my mom basically said, nah. And he came up with Nigel, which I don't know where he got that from either. But I say that it fits. I'm glad it it's stuck, and it here does. we are today. It de- here we are. And so we also have our cups in our hands. Um, mm-hmm. We are bourbon drinkers. What are you drinking? I see that nice little cup in your hands. Like, what, what, what do you call that? So type for of all my bourbon drinkers, <laughs> I am drinking bourbon tonight out of a snifter. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. And yeah. um, I'm drinking <laughs> Woodford Reserve. Yes. Night. So if you're going to do it, do it well and do it right yeah. So, yeah that's what i'm drinking well tonight. i'm drinking mine you know those little wine glasses that don't have the stem a stimulus wine glass stimulus wine glass <laughs> <laughs> and i'm drinking uh four roses all right okay. yes four roses and ginger ale and yes. you know how i like my um what is it called uh, what is it what's not not canada dry what's oh the, you like uh verner's no, not Vernus. Vernus burn your throat. I like that when I got it. When I, like that's the shout out to Detroit. <laughs> Vernus. No. Oh, What's I with the S? The swabbles, not shrabbles. What is it called? <laughs> we used to call it sweets. Well, no, what is sweeps. it? Sweeps. No, not sweeps. It's the other one. It's so popular. Seagrams. Oh. You know, I love me some Seagrams. I hate it. Mm-mm. No, yeah. Seagrams is my favorite. And it's like low calorie now. It's just too much. It's not real. And that's the one I'm drinking right now. Mm-mm. Keeping that body right. Keep it tight. I heard that. Okay. When it get there. So, people, if y'all do not know who um, Mario Nigel is, um, so I guess I'll just say who, like my title and where I currently reside. So, I live in the queen city uh charlotte north carolina (laughs) charlotte north carolina and um i am chief impact officer and profound gentleman and co-founder so i started that work i also have a book club called his mark and um it's great i love to read and everything and then we also have this podcast that nigel and i are collaborating on so where are you at i am in the (laughs) Queen City, actually. No. Yeah. Uh, So I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. I am the sole proprietor of Nigel's Gifted Hands LLC, where I provide hair care services to my guests. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also had the privilege to travel across the Midwest to teach 
or talk to students about um, identity and all right, you're outdoing me and all that. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a book club because I don't really read all like that unless it's for class and all of that. So, but yeah, and I'm also so excited to be collaborating with one of my best friends on this podcast. So that's what I'm doing here. Brothers, happy and we're singing and we're colored. colored. Oh, don't sing the rest because we did not pay for it. I forgot. This is going to iTunes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so actually I didn't mention like profound gentlemen. I work with male educators of color, um, did teaching for two years and just realized how important educators are, specifically male educators of color. There's only two percent nationally um in the United States. And so my organization, we work to improve that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um I think like as we transition, I think it's all about purpose. And I think Nigel and I we continue to work together although he's in the hair care industry and i'm in education i think our purpose is aligned and i think that's why we wanted to start this podcast so nigel why did we start this like yeah in my my opinion mario and i talked like almost every day um and we can talk about the most random topics Mm -hmm. down to more serious things whether it be spirituality our personal growth um, you know how you have that friend where you just call up like, hey, this is how I was thinking about reacting. Should I do it this way? Or you've had this aha moment about an idea or a growth moment and you want to share and get some feedback. So we do that a lot. And one day we were just like, you know, we should share this with other people. Yeah. Um, because there's so many good nuggets that we get from one another by way of attending conferences, reading books, looking mm-hmm. at different posts, or just watching each other grow over these last 10 years, which is nuts. Yeah. Uh, we've been able to watch each other grow in our respective industries and personally as well. So that's really why we got started with this, just to encourage other people to have those conversations with their friends and family and mm-hmm. just encourage people to grow and tap into their potential to just better their best. That is so true. So I'm excited uh, to really get started on this podcast. Um, this one is called Who is Mario and Nigel? Mm-hmm. And I feel like really the core of this is like an ode to University of Cincinnati. Oh, sure. Um, yes. And so is it not where it all started? Okay. And so go over here, cats. Oh, I haven't done that in a long time. Um, but, you know, we love, you know, this is the birthplace of, like, where we got started um, and how Nigel and I met and how we continued our friendship. And I think this is a good place to start our podcast is this. Um, but we want to go a little bit before we got to University of Cincinnati and leading up to that. So, like, Nigel... I know you live in Cincinnati right now, but where are you from? And tell us a little about your family dynamics. Oh, that's always the the best question. (laughs) Like, where are you from? And I'm like, but I'm from Mansfield, Ohio. Yay. You know where that is, right? No. Jail Um, town. (laughs) I watch it. uh, Yeah, I'm from Mansfield, Ohio, which sits between Columbus and Cleveland. Mm -hmm. On 71 North. I always have to say that so people know that it's like real. Like, yes it's a real place <laughs> um so um yeah so from Mansfield, ohio um my parents are married they've been married for 29 years which mm-hmm. is a blessing beautiful um, uh have a sister who's three years younger than i then i have an older brother who's my half brother then i have a niece nova who's two and a half who's like the child I don't really have, but she's like my child right now because mm-hmm. I just, just yeah. you know, just love her. But um, yeah, so I'm from Mansfield, grew up there, small city. It's so funny when you grow up in a small city, you don't know you grew up in a small city until you leave and you're like, oh. So when I look even now, I'm like, dang, we ain't even got Chick-fil-A there. No, I mean, y'all, got, do y'all have Applebee's? Everybody got Applebee's. <laughs> Wait, y'all got y'all don't have Popeyes? Bruh, Popeyes was there for a high second and they gone. The closest one is like 30 to 45 minutes away. And by that time, your hush puppies are cold. So by that time, you don't even want it. You don't want it. So <laughs> that biscuit is already bit, dry. You no, know, it's a brick. Ooh, that biscuit be It's good and broke. brick-like. Ooh, Jesus. Christ. So yeah. But we had we had other things. So growing up there wasn't bad. I, I was would. Uh, yeah, so got hot dogs like I mean, I'm trying to picture Mansfield. <laughs> you know, the best way to picture it is to Google it. 
that's probably about the best way to picture it. It's really <laughs> scary, uh, homegrown. Oh God! Is the mayor's office like oh the house? Like does the mayor have like a mansion? Ciao. I don't know where the mayor live. I don't even know who the mayor is. <laughs> like a vote on a mayor? Cha- okay. I'm now, just saying it might be like carrying on from <laughs> generation to generation. We definitely, we definitely have elections. You okay. know, we vote for the mayor. Okay. We're not, but it's a small place. Uh, you know, it was big back in the day because of the uh, automotive industry and steel and all of that. And once General Motors left, it was a done daughter. Mm. But while I was there, it was popping. Because you were there? No, just because we, oh. a lot of us were still there. We had extra extracurriculars. I ran track. I was a part of AAU track and field. So we had activities back then. But unfortunately, nowadays, the students just don't have those types of outlets. Like Wow. That is sad, though. Ugh. It is. Like, what do and students do? It's become desolate. You know, yeah. when those big industries are gone, it's like you can see tumbleweaves, not tumbleweeds, tumbleweaves just tumbling <laughs> down. That's <laughs> <laughs> this track. Like, yes, it is. <laughs> they was fighting or something. Oh, I used to hate that after fights. <laughs> then it's fall too, so like the tracks be caught up in leaves and everything. Yep. Oh, mm. yeah. So that's what it. Unfortunately, yeah, um, that's what it's like now. But back then, when I was growing up, it was a fun time. We had a good time. Life was so simple then. Yes, um, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then, so then you, what is like a memorable moment, like a uh, school age? Like Ooh. memorable moment that you could think of, man. So many memories. Um, I think one of the f- one fun memory is that I love track. Um, mm-hmm. and so my I think I was eleven or twelve, and I was able to go to the uh, national outdoor track and field events, um, in Knoxville, Tennessee at that time. Um, mm. so I was able to participate in which we call the Junior Olympics. So we ran against people from all over uh, the U.S. And funny enough, one of the guys that I competed against, I reconnected with at the University mm. of Cincinnati. And he was mm. played a sport there. So that was wild. Um, and another highlight, my freshman year, I was a part of what was called the Black Culture Club in high school. And um, I love stepping. Step team, we had it in church. I was all for it in uh, high school. Go, go, Jesus, go. <laughs> <laughs> Step four, Jesus. It's typical, like <laughs> upper class, dude. Oh, no freshmen are allowed. I said, bah, I'm gonna show y'all. So I, I was able to get an audition. I learned the group step. You had to create your own. And I went in there and I shut it down. And they were sick about it. Freshman. That's probably the only thing I really did have. So, like, so like did y'all compete? <laughs> you know what? They did. They went across um, different college campuses and they competed. Now, but we you didn't? Because you said they. They did. So, previous to me coming. Okay. You know how schools start to change as the years have gone on. Ugh. Things you used to be able to do, you can't do no more. And it, it hurts the culture of the school. Like, you know, people are so sensitive these days. So. Yeah rules have changed so mm. i didn't get to participate in those things but i got the steps so that's all i cared about so we went okay. around and did our thing and i had a good time so you you know made it to senior year mm-hmm. and so it's time to apply for colleges what yeah. colleges were you interested in and how did you stumble upon cincinnati so colleges i was interested in lsu texas a&m university of tennessee in knoxville Morehouse College and Hampton University. Notice I never mentioned the <laughs> daddy on that list. Oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. I remember going to LSU on a college visit, and I called my mom, like, Mom, I love it here. I want to go. And she's like, Boy, I don't even know why you're there. I said, I'm like, Sorry, what? She's like, I don't know why you're there. You're not going. I'm like, what you mean? She's like, you too far away. We ain't got no family there, blah, blah, blah. So that just crushed my little dreams. So I was like, I'm going to have to go to UT Knox. But all in all, I really wanted to go to Hampton because I realized I didn't want to run track anymore. Um, and so tried to get to Hampton. That didn't really work out because basically I was late applying and that whole process. So oh I had a friend who uh, was a student orientation leader at UC. I had applied just to have a backup school in Ohio. And um, I called him up like, hey, so I don't know what's going on with Hampton because I was so anxious. 
I'm like, I'm not sure what's going on. Y'all still doing orientation? <laughs> He's like, yeah, we got makeup orientation September 17th and 18th. I was like, bet, this was in August. I was like, bet, I, sign me up. Who I need to talk to? <laughs> By the end of that day, I had an orientation date. I had three roommates. I had my acceptance letter. We was back up in that thing. I said, we made it. We going to UC. <laughs> okay. And that's how I ended up coming to the university. So, like, normally during, like, graduation and like graduation dinners usually announce what mm-hmm. college you're going to go to then oh yeah what college did you announce or did uh, you announce anyone any college listen don't folks just so glad i graduated from high school <laughs> they didn't care where i was going now my parents knew that i was going to go to college mm-hmm. but no one asked and knowing mm. with my fluffing self i probably said oh i'm just waiting to hear back from hampton and which i really was I was still waiting to hear back. So I was like on a wing and a prayer. But truth be told, I didn't tell nobody nothing. I had everything just laid out so well that nobody cared about what college I was going to. <laughs> right, I graduated. But you always were like a mature child anyway. Yeah. Like you typically had all of your things together. Mm-hmm. Um, so they trusted you. And yeah. did, your, did your parents go to college? No. So I'm a first, first generational college student. Yeah. Um, so but just the fact that. You know, college was even a conversation was just like, my mom was definitely like, whatever we got to do to get you to go to school. And that's how I ended up finding out about Hampton because I really went to go see Norfolk State University. I got accepted there. And while I was there, my aunt was like, let's go across the bridge to see Hampton. So my mom was all about whatever it takes to get you there. If I got to take out loans, like you going to college because you said that's what you want to do. Ronald, that's my dad. On the other hand, he was like, hey. If you don't get no track scholarship, I don't know how you going. <laughs> so listen here. So yeah, that's how I ended up that's at crazy. UC. So you, tell us about yes. you growing up in Cleveland. Uh, listen here, and I have to say it for my Cleveland people. I grew up in Cleveland. <laughs> I did it so I late. I never understood why y'all say Cleveland like that. Like, you have to. I, like, we grow up with a chip on our shoulder. People used to call us a mistake on the lake when we used to go to family reunions all the time because we are, like, one of the very few cities whose lake caught on fire. It was an oil spill. It wasn't our fault. But, like, everybody blames Cleveland. And so, you know, we have the Browns. We had, we had LeBron James. And so it's just about we always grew up, like, with this hustling mentality. And then there's a show called Cleveland Hustle as well. Because it really, really, really is. Yes. I think I'm, yeah. Cleveland Hustle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, it's a business show. Hmm. Honestly. Um, yeah. And it really captures, it does capture, like, this hustle mentality that comes from Cleveland. And, like, we carry that over to with any city that we want to. So my parents, just like Nigel, my parents didn't go to college. Um, but the interesting thing is that they did teach me this hustler mentality that mm-hmm. like I had to make it work. And I love that as a young kid, I had a toy store <laughs> Word. like on my porch. Yes. You I was better selling, have a toy store selling, on your like, porch. Toys that I did not want. I was selling them suckers. <laughs> I didn't want you. You got to go. But How much were you selling these toys? How much were they? I was selling them for a dollar, but here's like the horrible thing. What? Like I like this is how I knew I was the boss, <laughs> and I and I, I'm gonna say this is why I love team. <laughs> okay, I I had a staff. <laughs> you better organize. I had a staff selling my toys <laughs> off of my porch. Okay, <laughs> I had a staff, and here's the horrible part. The horrible part is that I only gave my staff members a dollar for making. For like doing a week's worth, but see, like, y'all were kids, so that dollar meant everything. I know, but Nigel, I made like sixty dollars. So I had sixty dollars. I, I made like sixty dollars and had like five staff members. And you only gave them a dollar, <laughs> exactly. Lord, I Coach remember making yeah labor laws even then. Didn't even that's know. true. And I was like 10, 11 years old, and I just knew I was gonna have a business. Oh, old enough to count and to pay them some more money. Listen, and then go to the store and get me the Pokemon game and some X Men toys. <laughs> like that's exactly <laughs> what I went to go do. I was like, mm, I don't want these toys, but I want these other toys. So I always toys. had like that mentality. And one of the things too, like shout out to my mom and my dad. They were we moved um, to just like a better neighborhood. We were living in. Uh, on Blenheim, um, in St. Clair. And then we move into the Lakeshore neighborhood. 
And what's interesting is that it was better. Like it was a lot of like black, um, like homeowners. It was crazy. Mm. Like I grew up around black homeowners. Um, and so for some reason, like we were slated to go to this school called East Clark and it was like bent over and out of shape. But my parents are like advocates for us to go to OH Perry because they knew it was better. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Oh, and I didn't mention, I do have a younger sister. So it's me and my younger sister. I have a dad. My dad and my mom, they broke up when they, or divorced. I'm talking about broke up. Like, they didn't get married. They, <laughs> they divorced when I was, like, 13 years old. Um, and then on my dad's side, it's, like, a, a total of, like, 11 of us. My team. 11 all together. a lot of folk. There is. My papa's a rolling stone. You know, wherever he laid his head was his home. We, we said we came out. We all own it. Uh, I know. I'm quoting. <laughs> 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 Who are <laughs> cool. Really, really cool. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, yeah. a lot of siblings. Lots of siblings. Yes. And yes. so, but yeah, my dad lived in our home. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, <laughs> and he was great and stuff. I just have to claim that he was a very good dad. That's what's um, up. but they were they were advocates for us to go to school, and we end up being able to to go to the school. Mm-hmm. And with that, um, I knew that. I had to do my best because my parents advocated for me and I learned how to advocate for other people at a young age. So mm-hmm. even in high school, um, you know, I ended up going to Collinwood, which is a really like a historic landmark. Like a lot of people go to Collinwood five points. Uh, it's like a five point intersection. Um, that intersection is, it would perceive to be deadly. It would perceive That's to be deadly. I, saw it, I said, now, how is it? That students are able to come to and fro and not get their knees knocked from up under them. Listen, and honestly, I can't recall there ever being a kid, like, getting ran over or anything like that. I seriously can't. And I bet you, like, it may have happened, but not to my knowledge. But we were always... It would show happen today with people looking down at their cell phones and walking and trying to do so. I would agree. I would 100% agree because at the time... We only have 500 minutes and like 100 texts. (laughs) So there was no way that we was like wasting it. I wonder like if we still had like 100 like text messages, like how, like, would you really preserve, like you really preserve those text messages for people. You would be very intentional. Listen. (laughs) Okay. And pictures was 25. (laughs) It's true. Folks out here sending nudes. You better be Ooh, careful. Help us. Okay. But yeah, so you are at Collinwood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm going to be off track. Please keep me. But yes. And we will go. The thing is, we will go to school from 8 o'clock to 2 o'clock. And literally, we did not have lunch. Lunch was re- theoretically at 2.06. But nobody went mm-hmm. because it was the last period. So we would go to Kim's Wings. Shout out to Kim's Wings in China Mountain. We would go there and tear that food up. Um, but yeah, but during my senior year, I had the opportunity to uh, be a student teacher. Uh-huh. And so throughout high school, I actually was a teaching professions major. So I learned what it meant to be a teacher throughout high school. I was in college prep and everything. Cool. And it was very, very cool. Um, and so, so you kind of saw early on that you had an interest in education, teaching students, being in the classroom and that sort of thing. The funny thing is I really did but didn't because okay. I never – I, I I never imagined to be a teacher. Mm. Um, and I honestly never imagined to go to college, to be flat honest with you. But, yeah, I didn't. Um, I mean, it was cool and all, but, like, the reality of it, like, it really didn't study until I actually went to college. But, um, yeah, like, funny thing is I would play school all the time. The same staff members I was, like, using in my classroom, I mean, at least for my um, store was my – was my classroom and we would play school and stuff and i would be able to congregate like 11 12 boys that's like older than me to play school to play school to play school and i would like grade papers i would be so serious football just all and you got them being play students and listen we just moved on the neighborhood we i mean in the neighborhood on the neighborhood we just moved in the neighborhood and so like i was like eight nine years old 10 ish and these people they had to be like 10 11 years old First of all, I just moved there. So I didn't even know these people for like a full year. And I'm talking about let's play school before we play football. And I would literally congregate the guys on my porch. They'd be on the steps. And they had a paper out. 
and we would be mad. <laughs> Seriously. Isn't that crazy? And then we go play football. It's really, the only reason why it's not crazy, I'm just a true believer that whatever we're meant to be, it, it shows up early on mm-hmm. in childhood. Because like mm-hmm. with me, I always had an interest in hair. I would yep. take my sister's Barbie doll. Well, even before her dolls, I took her into the kitchen. She was three, <laughs> I was six. Lights out. Only light coming in to the kitchen was from the living room. I took some red handled scissors that you use, like when you, if you have any people in your family that sew, they usually have orange handled scissors or red ones. Yeah. I took them and I cut my sister's hair off. Oh my God. Not you. And my, put- yeah. And mind you, my sister was like, ill when she was born so uh-huh. she had very fine hair they called her tweety bird so she didn't have much to work with from the jump and here i go being edward scissor hands and i just cut it on off so what did your mom do so funny thing my mom <laughs> so to know my parents oh, to know this they will sleep at the drop of a hat or if my dad is watching as he calls it television not or his shows He's like tuned in, right? So mm-hmm. he had no idea any of this was going on. My mom wasn't there. So all I remember is Jasmine walks back into the living room with cut hair. And I remember him yelling my name. And I think I woke up <laughs> and I was 28. Because <laughs> I don't remember what happened, child. I must have blacked out or something. I don't know. You are so stupid. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I'm at the edge of what's up? Okay, what I don't know. Oh but I'll tell you this as a black male who used to play with dolls in the sense of yeah. taking them, curling their hair. I taught myself how to braid. I would, I would wow. create hairstyles on the Barbie dolls. My dad always said to me, he always encouraged me, I should say, and he said to me, you should take pictures of these because one day these could be like styles and magazines. So he always yes. encouraged me to do that. You know what's funny? is so, And I think this is interesting about our, our relationship. Both of our which is like similar to us is that both of our dads encouraged us because mm-hmm. like my dad same thing like he encouraged me to like help out with the community and stuff like that and like i used to create books i used to like make little books as a kid yes and you, it was so funny to me <laughs> how how shocking it is <laughs> find our purpose when we were already operating in it yeah um, yeah an extension of it or act you know, that at really mm-hmm. being active in it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. who was making books? I was. And my dad, would, my dad would keep every last one of them. I'm pretty sure he might still have them. Like, Probably. that's how sure I am. If your dad is anything like my dad, they okay. keep a stash. Okay. And we was playing. And then I played tennis, too. And I was typically the only black kid playing tennis mm-hmm. um, growing up. And, you know, kids would be like, oh, you Serena. Because they never... That's only no, black tennis that was up, very true. That was it. So at least they knew her. Yeah. And so me and my sister both, but it was hard playing tennis, you know, in the hood and stuff because everybody else was playing baseball and basketball, but we were playing tennis and we were whooping ass. Okay. I mean, we were whooping ass. Like I wanted to play tennis, but my, my dad was like, nah, tennis is the same time as track and you running. I'm like, oh. Okay. <laughs> I guess I got to run out. So tell us how you ended up. So you said, you know, college really wasn't on your radar. You thought it was cool or whatnot, but it really wasn't on your radar. How did you decide that college is one for me? Yeah. And YUC? Funny thing is, so my teacher at the time, I told her I was going to take a gap year, like a rich kid. Like, I was like, I'm going to take a gap year. (laughs) I was like, child, what's that? I was taking a gap year. I didn't know what I was going to be doing nothing. Yeah, that just means oh, like, yeah. yeah, you should not get like, listen, here, you're not taking a gap year. Um, <laughs> you're not going to make it if you take a gap year. <laughs> listen, so I end up applying for colleges. Um, funny thing is in eighth grade, my mom and my best friend's mom uh, at the time, it was, a, it was a girl, Heidi. They let us get on the Greyhound bus, mm. okay, and go to Howard University. Y'all rode the Greyhound in eighth grade. In eighth, was like 13, 14? We were like, yeah, 13, 14 years old. Right. Going to Who was y'all going we, to stay with? Nobody. We slept in the Greyhound. Oh, my. Yes. We slept at, at the Greyhound station. Ain't that crazy? Where and y'all so, watched that? We didn't. We literally that y'all we did. did an overnight trip. So we left okay. 8 o'clock that night. Uh-huh. We got to D.C. 7 o'clock that next morning. Mm-hmm. And we stayed at the at the Greyhound. 
until it was time for our tour, which was at 10 o'clock. We did our tour. We visited the college campus, did all of this stuff. And then we got a taxi and got back to the Greyhound, stayed there for like an hour or two, and then went back home that same day. We didn't stay overnight. And our parents allowed us to do it. That to me, that is the most craziest thing. I would never ever in DC at that, and my parents never even visited DC. DC, y'all on a Greyhound. Yes, most Greyhound buses are in very hood places. Hood places. Yes. Uh, in addition, did you have a cell phone? No, we had to call one eight hundred collect. And then yeah. y'all are each other's chaperone. Yes, in eighth grade. No. And our parents trusted us. And so at first, I really, really wanted to go to Howard. I didn't even apply um, once I got to my senior year, which is kind of funny. I guess I just didn't really think about it. I didn't apply. But did you think, but, well, I'll ask you this. Yeah. Did you not apply to Howard because you didn't think it was realistic? No, I just, I just missed the deadline. Uh, okay. So that was the deadline. thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I applied to some other HBCUs and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, and got in. But ultimately, like, the financial aid packages was not good. So just like you, I looked at the University of Cincinnati, applied. And the only reason why I applied was I looked at, like, at the time, YouTube was not big. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, the virtual, like, remember, like, the 360 view. So you could mm-hmm. get the campus and do these 360 view cameras like Google has now. And so I did that. And I was like, oh my God, this campus is beautiful. I'm going to go. All so, from typing it in on probably like Yahoo. XG's and y'all oh could, I know, because we didn't have Google. I mean, we had Google, but Google was not. But it popular. wasn't as advanced as it is now. Not as <laughs> 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 The little dude that was on Ask G's. Yes, a little white guy. I don't ask no white man. <laughs> <laughs> but, shoot. so you did a 360 view and said this is it this is it i was like this campus is beautiful um it was four hours away and i got accepted and so the first time i visited cincinnati was doing orientation and so we stayed at the radisson in and that one in, oh right over the bridge right over it. the bridge yep we stayed at the Radisson. They got money. They stayed in there. No, we didn't, because that at the time it was horrible. <laughs> but it was it was good enough for us. Cause my mom was like, I'm not staying in those dorms. And I said, like, Yeah, let's do it. Mom was like, No. My mom uh, show did. She stayed right up in there with me. Mm-mm. I was like, I will not. And share share a bathroom. No. So my <laughs> mom is a slight bougie, but she was excited, but also so nervous um, sure. at the time. Yeah. And so I packed my bag September, I think it was like 14th or something like that. School starts late uh, in, Cincinnati, in Cincinnati at the time. Well, back then when they were on semester, yeah. as quarters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And quarters, we was on semester. It started like mid-September. Um, and my friend Wendell, um, who later on did the fashion shows with me, um, him and I packed a big old van and we came down here to Cincinnati and that's the only person who I knew that, that uh, was in Cincinnati and that, that's how we got there. Wow. So my, yeah. And I could talk about my, my freshman year cause I came a year before Nigel did. Yes. And so I was a little hoodlum from Cleveland, Ohio. And I really, I, and I was like, I didn't really know my place or I really didn't have a voice yet. Um, so I really was trying to navigate myself. Uh, and so at the university of Cincinnati, we have, what is called the African-American Cultural Resource Center, which is this place where, like, Black people just are able to get, like, resources. Shout out to Miss Nikki. Shout out to Doc. Miss Brandy was at Ethnic uh, Programs and Services. They're just, like, some amazing individuals that would help us. Um, but they also house what is called Basin Transitions Program that helps freshman students, like, get acclimated on campus and definitely for first-generation college students. So you are paired with a mentor, and then they do, like, weekly um, programming um, with, like, four pillars and stuff. Um, so each week is like a different base that they're hitting. Don't ask me about the bases. I literally did forget. I almost can remember, but I can't, I can't now. But I actually later on serve as uh, a mentor every year. And typically mm-hmm. people only serve as mentors until um, they join a fraternity sorority, no shade. But, um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but normally, uh, you know, people do it for like a year or two and then they're gone. For me, I like stayed and did it. Um, but it really isn't shade. Like a lot of people also also did it throughout the year, <clears throat> throughout their sorry, not the year, but their, um, their collegiate career. Their collegiate career, yeah. yeah. 
And so I wasn't even really interested in being a part of Basin Transitions. I heard about it during like Black Student Welcome Week, we call it Aquaba. I heard about it, but I was like, I'm not doing this. I really didn't join um, Basin Transitions till like January, till I came back. And mm-hmm. I was like, I really need this. And so Tiffany Martin was my mentor. Oh. And I love her. Yes. And she, they, they gave me a hardcore mentor. It's like, look, if you're going to be a part of this, they're going to, and Tiffany was no, no joke. Like <laughs> everything had to be on point. And I had like, I made like a 2.3 my first quarter. And so I had to like change things around. And Tiffany definitely played a, a huge part in that. Majoring in, in, in English. And I was like, I, can't, I, I mean, no. I didn't major in English. I'm like, yeah, no. I actually, that. I majored in middle child education, but it was for English. It was, my concentration was going to be English. Wow. Um, yeah. And that's funny. Years later, I ended up still teaching middle school child education. But at the end of my freshman year, I ended up eventually changing my major to communication because I was the only black person in my education classes. And I just was not feeling it at all. And so, yeah. yep. Yeah. And so then I was also part of the choir and, then uh, my second year, I ended up joining the United Black Student Association as membership chair and head mm-hmm. of the uh, leadership committee. And that really did jumpstart my leadership experience at the University of Cincinnati. Cool. And then Niger came about, and <laughs> as evil as he was. Oh, cut the crap. Story. I was not <laughs> evil. Let me just tell y'all, when I came to UC, I knew one person which was my friend from back home mm-hmm. um however i'm just the type, i'm the i'm a researcher in the sense of if i'm gonna go somewhere i like to use my network so i'm like who else do i know so i only knew him but by this time i'm now on facebook this was a thing right because facebook yep. was traditionally for those who were already in college Ooh. and all of that so i created my facebook profile i'm looking like who's coming to uc and i connected with um, a young lady uh, who ended up joining a choir with me. So we came down, moved in, uh, moved in, and we found that we both are, were auditioning for the choir. I was like, okay, bet. So I got one friend under my belt, went to orientation. Shout out to my people that did late orientation because we stuck through UC together to the end of one of my best Friday dies. She and I are still great friends to this day. Um, so we auditioned for the choir and um, yeah, we got in. And so Aquaba, as you mentioned, it was our black student welcome. So they told us like, if you're going to be in the choir, you got to be in transitions. I was like, all right, cool. That is true. They made that a thing. The yeah. Following year. So yeah. when it was time for, you know, basing transitions on Wednesday, I was kind of, I am nowadays, I call it observant. As a kid, I was nosy. They called me the police, couldn't hold water. You weren't going to say nothing around me, and I wasn't going to tell it if it needed okay. to go. <laughs> but when I got to UC, I was just very observant, trying to, like you, like most freshmen, trying to find your place, trying to figure it all out. You know, you're a fish in new water, basically. Like, I don't really know this territory. So anyway, um, I love music, love singing. Yeah, we'll get into that later. But I love music, love singing. And... uh I remember our first, one of the first choir rehearsals. I come in, I sit down in the tenor section. And at the time, the choir was like, you know, first row. If you're on the first row, no matter the section, like that means you can sing, you can hold Listen, your own. I was on the first row every year I was in the choir. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. So when I found that out, I said, oh, well, excuse him. <laughs> Let me mosey on to the back there. Uh, <laughs> but there came a point in time because I have a very powerful voice in ways. I made my way to the front. That's right. I remember one rehearsal. I end up sitting beside Mario. That's right. In the soprano section. And uh, I guess you asked me like, you know, what's your name? And I was like, you know, I'm Nigel. Cause now he's coming on the front, front row. I need well, to yeah. Cause now, now it's like, Fresh, <laughs> like who is this? Okay. Young buck coming to the front, right? And he, like, oh. he didn't talk. <laughs> I was, I was, was just so crazy because I'm very social, but I don't, I didn't say much. I didn't want to yeah. give off too much. And uh, you said, "What's your name?" I was like, "Nigel." You was like, "Oh, you know, you're very bubbly personality." Oh, 
can I call you Nigel? What'd you say? Nigel Barker? Nigel Barker? From American I was like, and to know me is to know I keep a good facial expression. And I was like, no, you cannot. And I was like, and okay. <laughs> let me also preface this by saying, this is post the era of the whole Nigel Thornberry uh, from the wild Thornberries and people who <laughs> day with that in school. And then people who watched America's Next Top Model, you have Nigel Barker on there. And I'm just like, I'm just Nigel Mask. Okay, that's it. That's all. Can we just go with that? So when you hit me with the whole Nigel Barker thing, I was just like, nah. Yeah, no. And I can understand that. No, that's true. <laughs> and so then we didn't talk really no. the whole year. I kept we, a straight business. Yeah. yeah like, I was like, what we need to do. He cool. And that's it. But he all right. And so then our second, I can't remember. But what, like our second year, oh, that's what it was. So then March came around. So it wasn't all the full year that we didn't talk. But March did come around. Yes, we really did. We and, weren't friends for real. No. We were just, the choir was a big family. So I embraced, you know, I embraced you as family because we're in the well, choir. Well, no, you didn't. Okay. Right. But we did I didn't, you know, I stayed I stayed in my room my freshman year anyway. I didn't go nowhere, didn't do nothing. Right. But see then March we have the spring break tour hosted by the African American Culture Music Center where they just take us to different cities. Um and there's two legs. There's like a Texas leg and a uh Florida leg where they like Mm Take us to like different cities and different colleges. We have rap sessions with other like student leaders on campus, just about like their black experience. And so we would visit many, many HBCUs, and that's why, to me, I always don't get like the uh, PWI HBCU divide because it's like, huh, like we all are the same. Which is at the end of the day, yeah, truly that we've learned. And to your point, with us going on this ten city tour, we were on a charter bus, so you had a choice to either be to yourself or to embrace the experience. Right. And that's when um, we, I'll say myself, that's when I embraced the experience um, to get to know others. And that's when you and I started having that's conversation. True. And because we, were we roommates that year or was it the following? We were roommates that year. Yeah. Yeah, we were roommates. Yeah. So that's how we really became close. I mean, we were roommates and everything. And I just began to just realize that he wasn't a jackass after all. Uh, <laughs> no, but she was really, really cool. And I think we talked about like our goals and aspirations. And I remember like towards the end of the tour, they always are like bringing like, sorry, excuse me, but like they always are bringing like new uh, students around. Like normally it's like around a, a pool and everything, or just like some little mini session. Like, what have you learned throughout this tour experience? And it really does, it really is an incubator for leadership, um, really, the, the, what the tour is. And it allows people to say, oh, okay, you know, I, no, I want to get involved in this. I want to do your BSA. And so I think they rec- we, during that time, you recognize what you want to do and how you want sure. to contribute um, to the uh, University of Cincinnati campus. Right. And so we ended up really getting to know each other. And then that following year, Nigel's second year, my third year, um, we end up being uh, tapped into Collegial 100, which is a black man's honorary that recognizes um, black male leaders on campus. Which and we is were part of the, the college chapter of 100 Black Men. That's so true. Yeah. And then we have our Lambda sisters. So they're like a Black women's honorary. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nigel and I was in the same tap class. And so yeah. that really also brought us closer yeah. and stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, we constantly stayed in communication and we would text each other here and there. But we, I mean, th- throughout like that second and fourth year, it was like consistent, like, a mode of communication yeah but it wasn't it was france at that moment we were definitely friends but not like at the hip france right (laughs) but (laughs) we but we definitely i think it was my my fourth year and i just started and then also going into our real senior years uh, which is i did super senior year they really really molded us together well child the thing what happened was i was an ra for two years (laughs) and on one incident i didn't obey the rules Exactly. I wasn't I wasn't where I was supposed to be at curfew <laughs> and a brother got fired. Mm-hmm. That's what had happened. So I was and so right. Yeah. And and for me, I was looking to try to save more money. 
Yeah. And so I was working for the African American Culture Resource Center. And I always, um, I always just like had my little apartment um, and I lived by myself. So you, and the thing is, you stay <laughs> with an apartment though. Yes. Like every year. It I was, was so apartment. afraid of bills and responsibility. I would see somebody like you. I'm like, dang, he moving again. He got an apartment. I move every year. And I just like this year, this year, 2018 is the first year that I've, I have not ever moved. Since I was 18 years old. That's I mean, crazy. Like you stayed. I know. Like, I just We're trying to find not. the deals. <laughs> okay. You I ain't afraid to pick up like, some stuff. I'm going to sit right here and be this. All right, get this room and board, and it's $45 to pay this phone bill. <laughs> when phone bills were $45. Hello? No. Before internet packages and everything. But that's <sighs> not why we're here. And that's not why we're here. Because uh, this is, so y'all anyway. are listening to it on your phone, most likely. So just be <laughs> grateful. Yeah. For the grateful. Um, yeah, but, so you were looking to save money. Yeah. I pretty much didn't have nowhere to stay going into that next year. So I approached Mario without really saying all the details. We just came together like, you trying to live together? I was like, yeah. Because truth be told, like, I knew Mario was a good person. But I didn't know to what, ex- you know, I grew yeah. to learn to what extent, but I felt just comfortable asking you like, hey, yeah, can we live together? Because I'm in a bind. And this truth- is going to be so shocking to so many people. They don't know. But you remember where we were when we had this conversation? Yes. We were outside of the cultural center, not like directly, but like close to the cultural center having that conversation. In your car. That statue is right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I in remember that. And I remember when you open the door, go pump. Remember your door? Oh, wait. Because <laughs> <laughs> this door used to be messed up. And I had a white for this I used to call Bandross. Because <laughs> your car used to, car shake, to shake and it could not go in reverse. And it cannot go in reverse. Oh, my God. So that you could reverse your car. <laughs> and when we went to the grocery store, you would only park in places where you knew you could go forward. Could go backwards. <laughs> or, or, like, or I knew it was a hill. I was on a hill and I could roll my car back. <laughs> Lord Jesus, the struggle. Oh, we thank you. Oh, I thank you, Father, <laughs> for the many healing and blessings. It's like, How did so we, we ended up? up yes, okay. Back up, to uh, we ended up finding oh, an apartment on the west side of Cincinnati called Four Towers. Yes, it was called Four Towers. Again, fish out of water. I've never had, uh, you know, I never paid rent, never had an apartment. So, in a lot of things in Mario and Zanai uh, brothership, is I let him take the lead on things that he knows about. And this was something he knew. And he took the lead on. Ooh, I remember the girl's name. I'm sorry, I got loud. What's her name? I just remember. We can't say her name. Okay, I'm sorry, I forgot we can't. But this young lady, I'll say it off air. Okay. This young lady, she she helped us get our lease together, but things were incongruent. You said one thing, then the lease said another, and then she was doing something else, and Mario was not... Having it. Happening. And if you know anything about both of us, but particularly him in this situation, <laughs> let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let, let your black be black and your I'm white be white. I am not good yeah. with rain. You said, you said, you know what? Let's go into your office. And we went in that office. I said, oh, shit, it's going to go down. <laughs> and you told her what it was going to be. Price. Yeah. When we moved in in expectation. Yes, and did we not move in? We moved in. Like, Hello. Then and they was it was great, um, cause we paid five twenty five like to like y'all. We split five twenty five y'all. Two bedroom, two bad, bad. <laughs> I wish five twenty five, two bedroom, two bad, and like, but it was a mess, y'all. Like this was the hood, but like this is a sacrifice, and like, but it the thing is, although it was the hood. I was so grateful. Yeah, but you was never there. Let's really be honest. And we'll get to that. Nigel was was booed up. Okay. <laughs> At the time I was. And you was I think between I think that he was full a full 30 days there. But here's the thing. <laughs> I, in addition to that part, I was hustling. That's like right. that's how I learned about Cincinnati. I took clients wherever I got them. And yep. that's so interesting to me. Like you didn't think you'll be a teacher. I didn't think I would be a hairstylist full time. Yeah. But that was my side money. I would yep. get introduced to people. I traveled to homes. I had a black duffel bag where I carried my Marcel irons, a whole hot stove that can get to 400 degrees that or higher. So <laughs> my flat irons, my everything. And I traveled to these homes. I didn't know these people. They could have kidnapped me. They could have uh-huh. been anything. 
but that's just God's favor on my life and just keeping me because and he he's you set up a a, a salon in our apartment too. I listen. I okay. had a little table. Mind y'all, the table was that little fold-out table that okay. you put your meals on. A TV tray, basically. TV tray. Yeah. I set that up. I didn't have no real chair, y'all. I had a computer okay. chair. I can't even my computer That was my computer chair I got. Yes. Oh, I used a computer chair. <laughs> yeah, I know. And but that's the grace. So grateful. One of my clients, um, at the time anyway, and I thank her. I remember she paid me in... Uh, dollar bills and quarters. She was like, "This is all I got." I said, "Does it not spin?" Okay, okay. Because it's spin. Okay, Listen. I cash these quarters in for bills. Listen. So look, oh, we have oh I'm sorry. Our team no. was also on a fish tank stand. Yes, it was. <laughs> and I got the fish tank stand out of the out of the garbage, <laughs> out of the garbage dump. Because <laughs> I found it, and I was like, I might want to have some fish up in this hood ass apartment. I <laughs> That's a fish. It was like a seventy-five gallon thing. That that tank ain't never got full. Like we didn't never put. We anything. never had no fish. <laughs> no. So look, we have ten minutes, but okay. like we, I know, right? And so we have to get to these things. But it's just been so grateful just to go down memory lane. But um, two memorable things, and then we'll get to like just where we're currently at today. Okay. But one of the things was just for me that was memorable about that apartment complex was the fact that uh, I, one day I walked outside and I used to leave early before Nigel uh, did to go work. And it was human shit outside. Literally, somebody shitted outside of the apartment complex. And it was the funniest thing. I, I, it wasn't no, funny to me when I was outside was our door. Our door. And so when Nigel, Nigel ended up calling me the very few days that he stayed in our apartment complex, he called me and, um, <laughs> and he, he was like, what the f- is this out, outside of our apartment? I was like, this is oh, human shit. And I didn't even warn him. But it was so funny to me. The reason why you didn't warn me is because you wanted a reaction. That reaction was the best. You know, I don't deal with odors. And you know, I was already over (sighs) a lot of the odors that had been in the building and just a lot going on. It was. Oh, yeah. You wanted that. You were so satisfied in your soul with that. Yeah. (laughs) What was one of your your memorable moments? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. You asked good questions. So I recall coming home. And um, walking, so with our bedrooms and bathrooms, so Mario's bathroom was across the hall um, and my bathroom was in my bedroom. So as I'm going down the hallway to go to my bedroom, I'm like stomping, you know, just walking, but it felt like I was like stomping in puddles of water. I'm like, now, wait a minute, what's going on here? And so I'm like, well, Mario does when he showers and everything. He just kind of comes out the bathroom. I love air drying. He doesn't dry off. He just wraps himself up and just walks to his bedroom. So I'm like, okay, so maybe it's just wet carpet from getting out the shower. But as I like, you know, when something ain't right in your spirit, you just kind of got to walk back over it. So I walk back. I was like, nah, bro, this is hella wet. But I didn't know. Find, yeah. out, year, find out years later. Years later. Find out years later. Mario was... The precursor to Beyonce talking about riding on that surfboard. That's what was going on. <laughs> yeah, he had a guest. He filled that tub up way too high. And the water spilled over onto that carpet. I didn't know you don't suppose like it was two people in the tub. I guess you I just didn't know that you're supposed to Oh, you I guess you didn't know when both of y'all got in there and that mug just went and went I over. I had no idea that you're supposed to fill it up a certain amount. You know, and so see that's when you're young. This is embarrassing, but um, but yeah, and but years later, I found, and the reason why is because we did not come out contrary to popular belief. Nigel and I did not. How you say it? That's no, you it, right? said it right. Okay, you know, contrary. I can mess up some words. Uh, Nigel and I. So two. So basically, jump skip for it. I ended up. Uh, we both graduated. Thank God. Um, because <laughs> that Spanish was trying to hold us back. Listen, for both of us, Spanish was trying to hold us back. I'm still not good at Spanish to this day. Um, but done. uh, we ended, I ended up moving to Charlotte, North Carolina to teach through the Teach for America program, yeah. and it was cool. Taught funny thing is, full circle moment, I ended up teaching seventh grade English language arts uh, for two years, Branson Middle School. Amazing. Um, and so Charlotte has this thing called CIAA. What was cool about 
um, CRAA, it's just like a lot of just everything is going on and happening. So the first time, Nigel and one of, one of our friends end up coming down um, that first year. And it was cool, but I ended up starting to really learn the laws of the land my second year. So my yeah. second year, Nigel ended up showing up just by himself. Um, and so I had a situation ship, and I was just like, <laughs> this is how I came out to Nigel. It was the funniest thing I said, Nigel, so yeah, I'm talking to somebody. And yeah, it's the guy. He was like, oh, let me see him. And then he was like, he, saw, he said, he got a friend. I'm like, ah, we on the same page. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so um, I ended up calling the guy that I was, like, talking to. We ended up, like, really talking for a minute, um, a long time. And it's on and off and everything. But <laughs> um, that's how I came out tonight. And it's funny because uh, the guy who I was talking to had a friend. And so Nigel was like, oh, what is friend like? So we knew his friend like. And so I called the guy who I was talking to and told him like, hey, what y'all doing later on? Let's kick it and everything like that. You should be your friend. He said, oh, yeah, he at the barbershop. Yeah. That man is still at the barbershop. Currently. Because they, <laughs> currently. Currently at that barbershop. Because he ain't, they ain't never show up. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I came back. That was the running joke for years. Like, yeah. so your friend's still at the barbershop? He's still at the barbershop. And so I eventually, about three years after that, ended up coming out to my parents. Actually, the funny thing is, it's my dad's birthday. So we record these podcasts hey. a little bit early. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I didn't come out. I, I like, And I love when I just said in, in, our, in our practice um, that I invited them into my life, which is yeah. so sweet and so nice. Because really, it took time for me to learn who I am. And I think the conflict for me was like getting to really know God for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my biggest one was like, who is God for me? And, you know, and, and, and how does he show up for me? And so how to navigate around that. And I had a few relationships in between there that really helped me to really get to know God. And it's funny that my day, he's like, yeah, I know you gay. I was like, huh? But there's like, come <laughs> on out this closet, boy. <laughs> get out the closet. So my dad actually like brought me out the closet, which is really interesting. So he's the one that did it and then he's like yeah you need to tell your mom like you need to just like it's okay and then mm-hmm. since then my dad still to this day i told my so i'm going to columbia like literally like four or five days and so my dad was like literally i was on the phone with him telling happy birthday today he is hilarious he's like don't bring no don't be having sex with no guys down there. i said lord jesus Christ. he was like he was like uh-uh because that's too long of a distance oh, oh my goodness why would that be the first thing you want to say not have fun. Not Listen, have fun I feel like the apple, when people say the apple don't fall far from the tree, I feel like sometimes the daggone apple don't fall off, child. It don't. My, me and my dad is the same. He's like, yeah, don't be having sex down there. That's too long of a distance. <laughs> long of a distance. What? No, dad. <laughs> but no, it was great. And I really, really, um, you know, still to this day, like, I think, like, part of me even wanting to come out is to continue to serve as an advocate for young boys who love themselves and and are but but also are struggling with that faith-based part and that spirituality part because of how we're taught and how we you know we grow up and so because of that i was like you know what i have to be out be proud so that you know young boys could see different variant images of like what it looks like to be a black gay male who is in today's society and just loved God and love everybody and love the world. Um, and has a great relationship with dad. And I'm lucky and privileged to have that great relationship with my dad um, as well, because not that many boys do not acknowledge that, but yeah, that's my thing. And so Nigel and I, contrary to purple belief, did not know. Um, I mean, we knew, we, we, we knew, but we respected each other's, um, journey and that's that is that I, true. come on friend yeah that's yeah. what I that's what I love about my friendship with you and my friendship with my other male friends as well as that we respect each other's journey and I'm very new to this whole journey um yeah just having that like Mario mentioned that whole inviting in like I was testing the waters when I started working at the salon um back in 2013 went into 14 as well testing the waters um, very, uh, 
concerned about my perception, concerned about what mm-hmm. others thought, concerned about all those things, concerned about my spirituality, concerned about people being accepting and just all these things. And I will even be honest, even coming to this podcast, still having some of that me on me. You know, I yeah. feel like it's one of those things where it's a it's a daily thing. And yep. one of my mentors, I love her. Um, she said to me, it's not coming out. She said, it's inviting people in. Yes. And, I, and the reason why I own that is because in our 20s, most of us, or I'll say for me, it is owning um, what I'm identifying about myself. I'm rejecting mm-hmm. some things. I'm owning some things. I'm discovering some things. And, you know, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm like, as of today, this is what this is. This is what it is. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You know, sometimes I still get dry, th- dry mouth <laughs> thinking about it. Um, okay. And when, uh, I remember like the conversation with my father, we were in Philly and um, at that time I hadn't told him anything the years prior. He was a kidney transplant recipient. I'm going to scurry along because I know we're short on time, but he said to me back when he got his kidney transplant, he said, nice. There's this nurse. She's this, she's that. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, Lord, all I can do is her hair and not to be stereotypical, <laughs> but I was just oh, like, dude, I'm just not you. interested. I cannot stand you. <laughs> and so to go from that in 2000, let's say like 14 or so to present day to, or like two years later, 2016, we were at, um, we were in Philly at the pin relays. We were staying in the host hotel. He said to me, he said, whoever you end up with, they're getting a good person. Mm. And the fact that he wasn't gender specific at that time, it let me know. I said, my dad knows. Mm. Because he always says to me too, he said, Nigel or Nige, he's like, I know you better than you know yourself. Yeah. And for a parent to tell that to a child is already big. But for my father to say that to me, I'm like... He really yeah. does know. He really does. My dad knows how gifted I am, how talented I am, no matter what. So I knew yeah. that. And then my mom, I shared with her. I brought her in, if you will, because my mom's so sneaky. She's a Virgo. So, <laughs> and I'm a Libra. So, you know, I, yeah. So I ended up telling her a few days after her birthday. Her birthday is Labor Day weekend. And we had a conversation on the phone. I was drinking some wine. I was like, we just got to go for it. And I told her, I was like, I got to talk to you when I get home. And she was like, okay. And my mom <laughs> followed up so fast. She was like, um, you at home? I said, oh, father. Like, she's just ready. Okay. So I t- talked to my mom. <laughs> and uh, my sister, who, for those who are privileged to have a sibling that we grew up with and we have good relationship with, like typically that's our first best friend mm-hmm. and um that's true my sister knew from childhood and i could share many of stories but <laughs> when i talked to her i said so this is what's up she was just like i did boy, okay i hate and it i was popeyes or not because i want a two-piece and i want a wing and i'm like <laughs> and i was so dramatic i wanted a whole like experience she's like Tell me something when when it's really something. Okay, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> tell me something I don't know already. And my mom, she's so petty. She gonna say, well, your grandma already knew and your grandma already knew and your auntie knew and they was telling me this. I said, oh, so we've been having conversations. <laughs> so um, it's still like, you know, I'm not where I desire to be just yet. But I That's will right. say at the end of the day, I'm grateful for where I am, yeah. what I yeah. have owned, um, and the support that I do have. And I know this is a, it's a continual process. Mm-hmm. I'm gra- I'm grateful to yes. be here. So The funny yeah. thing is when Nigel and I rehearsed this yesterday, we rehearsed yesterday, the day before. And so uh, we did not, I intentionally did not want us to do this part because I wanted this part to be so authentic mm-hmm. and just real. And so, like, it's funny how, like, our, our stories, like, both are from our dad. And really, this whole podcast has been about the relationship that sons have with their fathers, right? Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes it's, it's true that we are privileged to have that type of relationship with our dad. And be black gay males because 
oftentimes that is not the case. And going into today, you know, this is still nerve wracking, right? Because I I wanted to call you earlier and be like, hey, so pull the plug. I don't want to do this outside, but the okay, so terrified. (laughs) I know I need to do it. You need to do it. I wanted to tell you, like, listen, me too, me too. And that's the brave part. I think every day is being brave to share who you really are. Yes. So this is our first one, friend. I hope y'all love it. <laughs> okay. Hey, we ready. But that's a good part. That's a good point to leave on, to be brave yeah. enough to be who you really are. Yes, and everybody is having, and even people who are not gay are having a, um, allowing people to come into their life moment. And so I hope that this inspires everybody to allow people to come into their lives authentically the way they are just as much as Nigel and I today and this podcast are being bold to be able to do that. Yeah. So that's good. All right. So as we close, uh, you have been listening to the intro music um, and you're going to hear a little bit of outtakes from it as well. That is uh, from Jay Bosco. um, And so follow him at Jay Bosco on Instagram. And Nigel, what is your um, Instagram? How can the viewers look to follow me on a more social side of things? You can follow me at Prodigy, P-R-O-D-I-G-Y underscore 21 on Instagram. Also, if you're interested in my business, my hair creations and things of that nature, you can follow me at Nigel's with an S, Gifted Hands. Um, yeah. Instagram and I, same thing on Facebook as well. How about yes. you? So on Facebook, I only add people I actually like really, really know because I keep it really family oriented. Instagram, I like it. Click, 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 click. Um, so for mine is Mario Jovan, M-A-R-I-O-J-O-V-A-N, Instagram, as well as Twitter. Um, and then don't forget to follow our uh, podcast Instagram, yes. which is You Go Boy Podcast. And then make sure you click that subscribe button. Uh, we love all of our subscribers so that you will be able to know every time we post. And just to let you know for sure that we post the first and third um, Mondays. And then we will, uh, if there is a fifth uh, uh, Monday, then we'll also post on that Monday as well. So you get an extra dose of us if there is a fifth Monday. And so in October, there is a fifth Monday. So watch out. Look at that. Okay. <laughs> so you get two because we didn't do the first Monday. Um, but yeah, thank y'all so much. This is our first podcast. Thank guys. you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. We're so excited. And I just want to say on behalf of Mario and I, we appreciate yeah. all the love and support. Oh my God. Yeah. Receiving from all directions like we just thank y'all so much and as much as y'all support us you know we gonna rock with y'all and support y'all just as well we want everybody yeah. to make it and be great and meet y'all at the top and get this money and do what we do it but okay thank y'all so much. And live out your purpose yes thank you guys and enjoy your after five